think that I learned a lot of my skills off of the background of like in my, my family house because it was quite a chaotic background and like my mum was quite mad and uh, my father was violent so because I had this one parent was crazy and the other one was uh, the other one would, would just put you in hospital <laughs> soon as look at you and uh, I suppose my, my, my what's the word for it my dealing with human beings that were fucking mad I kind of maybe learned it to deal with my parents, who were both nuts, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah like you learned how to manage people. Yeah, I mean, that's what she thinks. I mean, I'm only quoting her. Yeah. I'm not even sure that's right, but she seems to think, she's not a psychologist or anything, but she, she said, when she was interviewing me, she went, I reckon you, you learned to deal with difficult people because that's, that's the way you were brought up, you had to deal with difficult parents. I was like, maybe you're right, I don't know. Yeah. Fuck us. <laughs> <laughs> how, how far do you want to go into that? Like, I know people ask you all the time yeah. about, like, your dad and your upbringing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, like, it, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't particularly bad. It's just, it was stereotypical of the times. The, you know, the rough background, working class background, with a violent father and, and the mum that was fucking crackers. It, I mean, it only spilled out with me a bit further than most people because my, I was ending up getting hospitalised a couple of times, you know what I mean? And my dad was, would, uh, you know, he'd fucking, he'd batter me anywhere, but he once gave me a good kicking or punch, he gave me about five punches to the face when I was sleeping. <laughs> I woke up after a couple of punches, but I was like, but I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, that's just... It's just crazy, you know, if you think about it, you know. And I'm, I moved out of the house. You know I mean, I, I moved, I moved out at that point. You know what I mean? You know. So. I mean, I'm trying to, you know, trying to imagine that, like, as a I moved kid. into Bobby Gillespie's dad's house. I, I read, that, yeah, I read that, and, and that they were really nice parents. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, his, his dad was a total one-off. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like, you know, you know, it's like his, his dad, his dad was. I mean, I suppose a lot, a lot of these parents were all quite crackers, you know, in their own way. He, his parents were crackers in not a, an abusive way, just fucking in a mad way. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing, I guess, if you're, if you're asleep and something happens like that, you're not necessarily told what you've done wrong or what you've done right. There's no way no, you're No, I knowing. knew what it was, that was about. He, oh. he came in pissed. Okay. It was about half twelve at night. Yeah. And he'd been out of the Masons. And my old man had got completely pissed. And then he just came in and started knocking fuck out me. Do you know what I mean? You know, I don't know. I mean, I mean, he, he talked about mental health issues. I mean, that's mental health issues. Beating somebody up in the middle, in the middle yeah. of the, at half twelve. I mean, and also I wasn't even old. I was sixteen. Yeah. I was a wee guy. Yeah, I was a fucking idiot basically. I mean, I'd probably been cheeky to my mum. My mum probably wound my dad up. My dad was probably paralytic drunk, and it just kicked off. Do you know? Yeah. But you said around that age you developed like a deep depression, but you wouldn't have known it was depression. Yeah, I stayed in, that's true. I said I put that in that book. Yeah, I think I think it was 76 or 77, 77, something or 77. When the punk thing was happening, I didn't go out of the house for a bit. Most of the year, really. You know, I mean, I left school and uh, I just didn't. From about March to about September, I don't think I went out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I went out, maybe I went out to fucking sign on the door or something like that. But I was, that was me, I was only 16. And I, I think I was around the time my old man gave me that, that, that doing, you know. But, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't hate my father, I, you know. I mean, I love my mum, I mean, she's dead now, but I love her. And, um, 
I don't hate my dad, I just don't have anything to do with him. Yeah. Sometimes it's easier just to, what's the word for it? Uh, just retreat because it's like you know she's uh, he's he's got to deal with that that I just don't deal with him you know what I mean because and uh, ultimately you know the fact that I won't be involved with him you know what I mean you know it's probably it's probably damaged him in some way you know what I mean well one of the biggest things I guess is what you pass down to your kids and like yeah well I've never hit my kids exactly I don't you know I wouldn't do that yeah but yeah I mean there is slight you know, I can see that it is slight overspill because you do cyclical. I mean, I the fact that I've only just recently managed to me and my son. We've, you know, I never knew my son till he was sixteen, and uh, you know, because um, you know, my wife, my first wife, wouldn't let me see the kid, uh, and then we've had quite a spiky fucking fourteen years. He's finally he's off drugs and he's coming through it but I suppose sometimes I'm a bit harsh on him just because of like my, my, like my dad uh, you know what I mean so how you doing so yeah yeah the mental health stuff that we're talking about yeah I just think I come from a I, I think the, I just come from like running the mill family in the in the 60s and the 70s in Glasgow the dad was probably just a bit more abusive than normal, so you were ending up in the hospital rather than we a bump in the head. Do you know what I mean? You were ending up getting stitches and going to, going to get. It was a bit rougher than. But ultimately, my way of dealing with my old man is I don't. I just don't fucking address it. I just, you know, I just think from my point of view, it was just. I've never hit my kids, and I. But it was a different generation, so yeah, fuck was what they were on. Yeah. We really thought it was normal, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And you know, it's brilliant. I love being a dad. I love me, hanging around with me, being with me, and they know that I'm always there for them. Like, we've all spoken to me today, you know what I mean? My youngest son, we up at quarter to seven this morning. I mean, I've got my granddad now as well, so my granddad does, yeah, yeah. He's seven, which is good. And again, because um, if my own experiences with my father, when I first found out I was having a child, I was really worried about, you know, how I'd been treated through life and whether that I would, you know, carry on this vicious cycle onto my own children. And what I've managed to do is break the cycle, which I'm really happy with, and I, 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 I to go and sign that I'd be able to, that I'd do it. And I, I have done it, and that me and it's there really like I, I think it's I love that I managed to do, and I was so like it actually scared me. You know what I mean when I first found out. I was really worried about in case I carried on the, uh, the cycle of being in there because I never really uh, agreed with the way I was brought on myself as a child. Is that to ask you how you Yeah, well, it's, it's just through uh, a really strict disciplining background and it was in the days when corporal punishment was deemed to be all right. I grew up in school when you were whacking kids was normal, you know what I mean? So I used to get beaten a lot, I used to get whacked skill and it just made every time I got beaten or whacked it made me more determined to be unruly because you, know, uh, you weren't going to I weren't going to succumb to your violence you know what I mean so every time I got beaten it just enforced me to behave even more in a, a, a rebellious manner 
yeah, because I wasn't going to be beaten back, you know what I mean, by anyone. So that's that's the effects it had on my life. Yeah, no, I've had uh, a lot of anger issues uh, throughout my life. Yeah, I've had so much better. Like the man I am now is to what how I used to be when I was younger. Yeah, I've completely changed. But like I said, I've broken that cycle now. Just because I didn't agree with it, and um, and I believe in, in the sort of, like you might be a sort of therapy, you know what I mean? But through uh, talking and love, uh, uh, no, everything could be overcome. And using uh, what's it called, uh, where you let make your own decision, you know what I mean, whether it's right or wrong, you know what I mean, without enforcing it. U using that technique on me kids, where ultimately it was their choice, and, uh, and that's the way I've done it, rather than enforcing the law. I, I made them left it in their hands to choose the right path. They know that I'm there, no matter what you do or whatever happens, I'm always there for you, you know what I mean? So basically it's giving them the me love for me, I've decided on the path but what's the best for me and that's the path I'm going to go down and, and that path involves uh, a, a, no fight as well like being a warrior and uh, I, I, I want to take the warrior's path I want to and I call like walking the path with a heart so if you walk a path with a heart and you follow your heart you should be alright when you said that when people treated you with punishment, you would react to it. Yeah, well, that's why that book first appealed to me. Because uh, when I read the book and it's talking about the fight, that, for me, that appeals to me. Because no, it, it appealed to my nature to fight, you know what I mean? And I, I, love, I love the fight. That fight is um, of your life, the way you live your life, your own personal life. Then uh, I'm willing to embrace that fight and fight with all my heart, you know what I mean? And that's what I do. Well, you can't always win, you know what I mean, yeah, so, yeah. but like you say, that that's about the polar opposites, you know what I mean, and all about uh, raising your state of awareness, because you've never lost, you, know, you don't know what it's like to win, you know what I mean, so it's all part of the process of living in a state of awareness. No, I'd be gutted if I fight. If I had nothing to fight for, then I'd be a bit saddened. Uh, I, I like the fight. Yeah, it's really appealing to me. <laughs> all, all my sons have had uh, work martial arts at defence medicine because uh, I never wanted him to be bullied and you know how to defend yourself and think you know what I mean? And because that become come uh, you know, a deciding factor in your life, you know what I mean, if you become a fixer. So for me, my sons, I've always thought on my sons how, how to deal with that situation because as a young man growing up, that time will always come and you'll have to stand there fighting, you know what I mean, and for, for a young male anyway, you know what I mean, because it's such a part of your breathing and everything you see and get fed. Maleness. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, there is a, a maleness, a way of being a man, I think. Um, I don't want to upset any feminists or anything, or a feminist attitude in life, because uh, it's a touchy subject, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs>
Well, it's the thought of uh, you know failure, and uh, and I was talking about that before. For me to end that thought process of failure would would to be to make everybody uh, a worthwhile member of the community where you, you have your purpose and you you're contributing to a way of life. Feeling of uh, no failing could be eliminated because uh, it's almost like you're set up to fail. Almost, you know, with this sort of un- almost impossible uh, expectation in life, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's, it's awful really, you know what I mean? And what uh, and I say, if you've got purpose in life, you know, it's, it just helps you immensely to, uh, to cope with whatever you, you're doing, you know, and uh, that feeling of uh, that you failed and you failed miserably through, through social conditioning and engineering of expectation, you know what I mean? Because every age group has it, its own expectations, doesn't it, as you go through the ages. And, and you can feel like you failed if you've not reached these certain goals in life, what you expect us to do through each, each age has its own expectations, don't they? You know what it's expected of you to be. Well, because I've uh, given up on my normal social engineering conditioning and fighting against it, I'm not really harsh, you know what I mean? Because I've set myself on my own path. I follow, I call it follow a path of uh, if it's life support. If you do the right, if it's life destructive and it's wrong, you know what I mean. So I, do, I follow this path uh, through life uh, with, with everything I, I believe in and, and through food, water, and health. I'm, I'm not really bothered what anyone expects of me. Uh, that's why I'm happy that everyone thinks I'm fucking mad. You know what I mean? Because if I'm mad, then I'm happily mad, and I'm, I'm, I don't give a shit about me, uh, the expectation you put on me. And I, and, I, and I live without goals, without expectation. I believe in what I believe in, and I, I hope to, like, you know, found the secrets of longevity and happiness. <laughs> of what you're bringing up is so relevant now as well because you've you've talked about you know on the one hand you've got this sort of generational um handing through of trauma and then also this male identity that you're describing around not feeling and being told to just kind of keep it in and not cry which which you said kind of came from you know messages of your father and I'm just thinking about that in terms of our awareness now and knowledge around male suicide statistics and it sounds like your father would have been the exact generation the buffer generation I I mean I don't know how much you presumably you already know around the buffer generation who were exactly that generation who were brought up stuck between two ideals between the old sort of old school ideal of being a very stoic 
family man sort of um, mm. not talking but then ending up with children who are part of a new changing generation and not yeah. knowing how to speak to them about those changes um, yeah. it sounds like you were caught up in that exact shift which is what so much of the statistics are that are coming through now allude to mm, that's given me goosebumps because that's absolutely spot on you know it was, it was half well just you know, don't cry and get on with it. Oh, really wanted to be in touch and encouraged. He actually encouraged me to be in, in touch with my emotions, but uh, at times. But then, you know, he would say it's okay to cry at times. And that would really surprise me because prior to that, it'd, it'd be like, well, he's got to grin and bear it. You know, suck it up and get on with it, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so there was this sort of dichotomy within him emotionally that was quite confusing for me. I think, but ultimately led me to be able it led me to be able to be open enough to see recovery as maybe a way out of my own internal misery mm. <laughs> that's not too depressing no. too, too depressing to say um, so it's very very interesting I, but I think you're absolutely right he was you know it was the generation after the real so it kind of like you don't feel you don't talk you don't do this you don't do that And but, but, but looking forward to a future where that attitude was relaxing its grip on them, I think. And to a point now where we've got, you know, my son tells his male friends that he loves them, you know, just mm-hmm. as, a ma- as a matter of, it's just not even a thing. It's just, they just do it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's incredible, you know, to have that. And I have that with my dad now, but after an incredible amount of time, you know. Yeah. And he still, I know he still struggles to tell me. He would deny that, but... <laughs> and I know he does, but it's fun trying to get it out of him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it has changed uh, an incredible amount. It's lovely to hear that your son can kind of openly tell his friends he loves them. Like, yeah, mm. it's lovely. But it, it sort of demonstrates the how, how things are changing, doesn't it? But then it's kind of left. The sad part is the, the fact that the whole generation had to go through that shift. Well, if you think how many people died in the Second World War, yeah, you know, and the and the first and the first, you know, but the second was just it, it's like you cut a limb off a tree and it goes into shock for a while, you know, while it recovers. It's like mm. the world must have done the same thing because so many people died, and you know, when how how are you as a young kid? Like my dad was a young kid, or my grandmother came back from the war. How how are you ever going to complain about anything? How do you ever feel you have the right to complain about anything when you know he's been through something so horrific? Yeah. You know, and obviously times are really tough and, and all of that kind of thing. And they had, you know, the, the food tokens and all that sort of stuff. And there was a, a lack of everything for a long time. To go from that to over, what's that, three generations, my dad, me and my son, um, the difference between the two is just incredible. Alex has an amazing emotional vocabulary and, like I say, he's very open with it and that's really lovely. You know? mm. It's an incredible journey from grandfather to, to grandson, isn't it? Yeah. When you sort of look at it like that. 
Absolutely. I, I think what you're describing is, is so important. And yeah, the fact that we see those three, it's like a strata, three generations and witnessing the, sh the change and the shift. The way you described it as a shock, I think, uh, you know, like a, cutting a, a limb off a tree, I think will resonate with a lot of people because there, there will be a lot of, I, I mean, I'm assuming like the people listening to this podcast, there will be a lot of guys probably think who will recognize that exact image in their own fathers and sons and who are of your age group really resonating with that so I, I really appreciate you kind of going into that 